Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Napa know-how. Right now, only at Napa, AAA members get a 20% discount. So you can avoid getting stranded on the side of the road by picking up some quality parts like batteries, brake pads, and more. Meaning you can prevent the problem before it ever becomes a problem. Bravo. That's 20% off for AAA members. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, exclusions apply. May not be combined with other offers. Offer ends 331.20. 5-Hour Energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Calling all Gleeks. I'm Kevin McHale. And I'm Jenna Ashkowitz. We became best friends on the set of Glee. And now we're doing the Glee recap podcast you have been waiting for. How romantic. Each week we'll take you behind the scenes. Spill all the Glee tea. And break down episodes from season one with former cast, crew, producers, and writers that brought the show to life. I think everyone needs a little more party in their lives. Get new episodes of Showman's every Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and PodcastOne.com. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave. You said that. I didn't say that. This is Dan Patrick. Happy Valentine's Day. If you have the DP Show calendar, you know that I'm featured in the month of February with an arrow through my heart. As I have, not literally, but I would have done it because I'm that kind of method actor. But I have a a dozen roses in my hand and uh, bleeding with uh, my tuxedo shirt on and... uh, there it is, right there. If you're watching on Audience Channel 239 Direct TV or BR Live, that's just me with my bow tie off, my shirt. It's like a, my – I'm trying to be James Bond-like there a little bit with the way I'm dressed. But uh, arrow through my heart, bleeding, I'm just asking you to be my Valentine. Uh, hopefully you survived last hour as Todd gave us his uh, Valentine's Day sports-related names. I had somebody who tweeted who said, uh, roses are red, violets are blue. Please end this segment. (laughs) Uh, Nice. Uh, We have some leftover names. Paulie is now supplying these. Now, did fans offer these up, or is this your addition? No, not me. Uh, Booby Gibson, former guard, and Mateen Cleavage. People like that one a lot. Okay. Yeah, we, uh, we had about eight names that Todd could not use, and he's still been arguing that. During the commercial break. I sneak it in somehow, but I can't. If somebody sees you on the street and you want to give those names to them, then you can. Just kind of hand it them directly. Yes, you can. Keep it off the airway. Yeah. If you're at the Applebee's in Glastonbury, Connecticut. <laughs> the fine establishment. Yeah, of course. Maybe Chili's. Fridays. Uh, the NBA All-Star Game is usually a celebration of the sport, but this year in Chicago is going to be a little bit different because it's the first chance for players, coaches, and media to all be in one place since the tragic death of Kobe Bryant and his daughter. The league will also have a chance to memorialize the former commissioner, David Stern, who passed away in January. Hopefully there will be a balance. I expect a lot of tears, a lot of stories. We know how much Kobe loved basketball, loved to compete. To honor Kobe, you'd like to see the All-Star game go on Sunday and play, you know, play competitively here. Go all out in the All-Star game because that's who Kobe was. 
Kobe was all about the joy of the game, but he was as competitive as anybody we've ever seen. It's going to be a tough couple of days for people in Chicago. But it might be cathartic that everybody gets a chance to say like a true goodbye to Kobe Bryant and his memory. That's what the NBA and its fans will be attempting to do this weekend. Now, I don't know if you saw this. I saw the clip. Uh, I didn't get to see the show because we were on at the same time with the first take. Isaiah Thomas was on with Stephen A. Smith. And uh, Scottie Pippen was on there as well. And they were talking about great teams and what the Pistons did. And Isaiah said, you know, I never had a Scottie Pippen. As if, now, maybe I'm reading into this, like, hey, I did this on my own. I didn't. Michael had Scotty. I didn't have that. Well, I'm looking at Isaiah's roster there. Bill Lambeer was a good player. Joe Dumars is a Hall of Famer. Dennis Rodman is a Hall of Famer. How many Hall of Famers did Michael Jordan play with? During his run with the Bulls, Rodman and Pippen, right? I don't think there's anybody else. So it feels like Isaiah had a pretty good roster around him. He had a Hall of Fame coach in Chuck Daly. And, you know, you had that was a really good balanced team with the Pistons. You know, Lane Beer wasn't your prototypical center, but he was unique offensively and defensively. Dumars was a wonderful two way player. Rodman. That was sort of, they got the best of Rodman, in my opinion. That was the best Dennis Rodman, because he was a great defender. And he was a pogo stick. He was just had so much energy. The Pistons got the best Dennis Rodman version that, that was out there. You know, Dennis later in his career became sort of a sideshow. He wasn't known for his defense, certainly not his offense. And he got a lot of notoriety for the way he dressed, his hair color, and he got a lot of rebounds. But, you know, Dennis became sort of a caricature. He was great, but he was nowhere near what he was with the Pistons. So I don't know what Isaiah was getting at. Isaiah's a Hall of Famer, but when you say I didn't have a Scottie Pippen, no, you didn't. Now, if you said to Jordan, you're not going to have Scottie, but you're going to have Rodman, Joe Dumars, Vinny Johnson, Bill Lanebeer, Buddha Edwards, I mean, you got a deeper team there. You got better players, better all-around players. So I, I don't know what Isaiah was getting at. Is it you know if, if he was saying, "Hey, you know what? I did this kind of on my own." Michael at least had Scotty, and I don't know what the reaction was. I just saw the clip where Isaiah was saying that, and I thought, "Wow, that's kind of strange." Yes, Paulie. Some people think because they were in Chicago, Isaiah Thomas was overpraising Pippen. Saying like, you know, Scotty Pippen is a top 50 player of all time. Dumars wasn't. Robin's not. And he may have been giving Pippen extra love because he was right there. Yeah, yeah it was maybe like over-complimenting and okay. not meaning to shortchange his own staff. But he did. I know. But you know how people sometimes play to the crowd, play to the person across from them? He may have been doing that without thinking of the oh, okay. Yeah, I was just surprised when I, I heard that because I thought, you know what? If you said to Michael Jordan, you get to swap lineups. He might have taken you up on that because I would, I would think long and hard about that. If you're saying, hey, uh, you got Craig Hodges or Steve Kerr, John Paxson, uh, you got Bill Wennington, and you got Horace Grant. Now, Horace Grant was a solid, solid player. He was a good player. But if you said I can have that Rodman, Dumars, Lane Beer, that, that's pretty good lineup there. Pretty good lineup there.
All right, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Clippers lost in double overtime to the Celtics last night as uh, Jason Tatum went off for 39. Paul George re-injures the hamstring here. I don't know how big of a story it is right now. I think we're going to have to see if this is just going to be chronic with him, how that affects load management here. But going into the All-Star weekend and hobbled a little bit here, but uh, re-injuring that hamstring. And I'd be a little nervous here if that's going to be reoccurring. We haven't heard much about Paul George this year. What kind of numbers does Paul George have, McLovin? If you can check. How many games has he played and what kind of numbers? He's a wonderful talent, obviously. But, you know, after a while, if load management is not helping you with this, then that looks like it's going to be a bigger bigger problem second half of the season. Yeah, McLovin. So he's playing. He's 21.7 points a game, six rebounds, four assists, basically 29.4 minutes a game in 34 games. Okay. He averaged a little more last year. That style of play. Well, yeah, I mean, his I numbers think, are down. Yeah, his numbers are, are way down. Way down. But is that because also his style of play is not really, you know, he's just efficient. He's not like super highlighty guy. Well, Kawhi Leonard is not super no. highlighty either. I think the Clippers are great, but they're kind of boring. Even last night against the Celtics, I'm like, oh, all right, Lou Williams is going to juke you a couple times. Well, you don't get style points. Right. But that's why I feel like we don't talk about Paul George for that very reason. You know, the Raptors were probably considered boring. Yeah. Not highlighting. Yeah, like the Spurs being at the unboring yes. chart, they're the, the <laughs> top of all time. Tim Duncan's bank shot being the most boring shot of all time. Do you think if the Spurs had flashier uniforms, would that have helped a little bit? Probably not. I think the Spurs hurt the NBA for 10 years. I think people fell out of love with that sport because of the Spurs. But, but they were – why is it that you have what would be considered an NBA dynasty, I guess, and and we were bored with that? I don't know. Like winning it's, – it's, we, we're not as interested in winning as we are in style points. Like, boy, they look good. Right? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, you needed LeBron and Steph Curry to re-energize the sport because it, it, I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like you just need some, like, flash – or something. Like, there's no sizzle to that team. The only sizzle was Tony Parker with Eva Longoria. That that was sort of it. But you're right. You know, when your nickname is the Big Fundamental, <laughs> Tim Duncan's nickname, come on out and see the Big Fundamental. Chris bounce pass, nice bank shot. He plays the pick and roll well. Yes. Now, like, did you interview a lot of the Spurs guys? They didn't do great interviews either. That was part of it. I mean, they might have been good, but they weren't interesting. They were never made available. Very rarely made available. I will say this. Tim Duncan, off camera, got a wonderful personality. Very funny. Sneaky sense of humor. But they don't. They didn't want to show that. From Popovich on down, you know, nobody really expressed a desire to be in front of the camera. You know, Parker, Ginobili. David Robinson was a good interview. I mean, he's he just presents himself as he, he's smiling and and he's he's a fun, lively guy. Duncan, if you got Duncan off camera and you could get that on camera, then you would see that he had some personality. Yeah, Paul. The, the Spurs layup line was the highlight of the game. That was the best part of the game. The game itself would just be like Tony Parker with a little sidestep move, Ginobili going to his left, unstoppable. Now Ginobili was fun to watch. He's one of he was, he's yeah. one of my favorite players of all time. Yeah, you know I'm going left. I know I'm going left. 
And he's like the Mo Rivera of left-handed scorers. Like, you know it's coming. You can't do anything about it. I loved I loved watching Ginobili. Yeah, McLovin. I love when you describe guys as like, well, either they're funny off camera. You keep hearing they're funny off camera. Belichick, Eli, and Tim Duncan. Like, you're always like, people keep telling me Belichick's funny off camera. But if I said you could have beers with Eli, Belichick, or Tim Duncan. Well, you've had beers with a couple of those guys. Yes, you? I have. I had, I had wine with Tim Duncan. I had beers with Eli. Uh, I had nothing with Bill Belichick. He snubbed you once. Yes, didn't he, he did. Yes, he did. He I don't know if, if that's considered a snub. Is a snub when you know somebody but you don't want to shake their hand, or is it just I I didn't see you and I you know I just saw Tony Dungy and Rodney Harrison. That's an that's an accident. A snub is a choice. Yeah. If, I'm going to go with that was an accident that Bill Belichick did not shake my hand. He could have chose to deliberately not see you, <laughs> which is also called ignoring someone, which feels more in the slub in the uh, snub category. Yeah. All right, all right, yeah. all right, yeah. <laughs> yes, Todd. So would Bill Belichick give like the waiter a waitress a hard time? Like, what would you like for an appetizer? I'm on to dessert. And like, a little nasty comments. Just give him, make it a I'm going to guess when he's out with his girlfriend that he's probably a you know cordial. Romantic. I'm not even hungry. I don't know. I don't even know why we're doing here. But not, but he doesn't sound that way when you're talking to him. He only t- he sounds that way when he talks to the media. Gonna have to ask. Got anything gluten free? Got You got a wine list for me here. Beers with Belichick. I'm in. How about that show? Who's in? Who wants to watch? That's my next podcast. Yeah. Beers with Belichick. Why do I want to say that uh, Tim Duncan is the best one on that list, though? He, he actually seems like he would be the most fun. And I don't I have no reason. I don't know what I'm basing that on. Yes, McLovin. I'm all Team Eli. Because I saw you and Eli one time at the SI Sports Media. It was like a comedy duo. Well, we were yeah. over at the bar by ourselves just talking. And it, it was, you know, we were kind of taking dead aim at people in the room and having some fun. But now he's sneaky funny. Duncan's sneaky funny, too? Yes. Yes. I found Duncan really interesting. Now, he, he just, he he's not what you you think he is off the floor. Yes, McLeod. I'm assuming, like, the, the most beer guy, Charles Barkley, is he the one guy everyone would want to have a beer with? Like, who's the most obvious talkable guy that you've talked to had beers with that it's the easiest to flow with but doesn't it feel like everybody's had a beer with charles barkley yeah, right. at some point <laughs> in his career now charles is wonderful he's just very generous and 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 he's fun he, he just and he's interested in what you're you're if whatever you're saying he's interested in he gives you his attention there but he's, he's a very generous guy yeah, Paul. Remember a couple of years ago, we were in Minnesota for the Final Four. I was in the airport heading out. We all were leaving oh, for yeah. the weekend. Yeah. And Charles is walking into Minneapolis, so we're crossing. And we see each other. I'm like, hey. And I said, hey. He goes, where, where, where are you going, boy? He goes, you and I told him we're leaving. He's like, oh, no. He goes, where are the rest of the guys? Are they in the airport? He goes, let's go to the hotel. Let's go to the bar. Let's go to the bar. He wanted to go to the <laughs> airport bar. He just landed to hang out with you guys. Yeah. And all us, I said, I think everyone's bouncing. Oh, I just saw this. The Nationals catcher, Kurt Suzuki, accuses – the Astros of cheating in the 2019 World Series. Here we go. Uh, let me see. I just got this. Um, you know what? Let me take a break. I'll come back. Let me let me read through this on what Kurt Suzuki is accusing the Astros of doing in the 2019 World Series. 
Hmm. Okay. We'll take a break. Uh, also, I want to uh, talk about Miles Garrett. He reiterates the racial slur claim against Mason Rudolph in a sit-down interview with ESPN. We'll play a portion of that interview for you. And take a break. 16 after the hour, we'll get phone calls as well. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Once again, it's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. GEICO.com. Climb aboard Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting, and you can find that at Full Sail University. Go to FullSail.edu slash Dan Patrick. Learn all about this program. Last year, we celebrated our first graduating class. They got jobs in the field working in this industry. We created an accelerated bachelor's degree. Your degree is in sports broadcasting, not communications, not com arts, not broadcasting. It's sports broadcasting. We are teaching you how to get in front of the camera, behind the camera, all the aspects of sports casting. And uh, you can come on campus in Orlando. Not a place to go to school, bad place to go to school, or you can do it online. If you want to learn more about the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting, go to fullsale.edu slash Dan Patrick. All right, I uh, teased this item that I just got. Nationals catcher Kurt Suzuki accuses Astros of cheating in the 2019 World Series. I told you it was going to be open open season. Here it is. Um the Nationals catcher, Kurt Suzuki, the latest to chime in on the scandal, telling the Washington Post, Tom Boswell, Houston used its illicit system in the World Series this past year. We could hear it from their dugout. We heard their whistling. What are you going to do, Suzuki told Boswell. I kept thinking, we have to go onto the field and work early on our signs in the World Series just to stop their cheating. It's so stupid and so wrong. Uh, Suzuki and the Nationals still defeated the Astros despite the alleged cheating. Washington overcame a 3-2 World Series deficit, winning Game 7 in Houston. Uh, yeah, so that's it. All right, not that inflammatory, but it feels like you're going to be able to say something now because everybody else, or it feels like other players are going to be saying this. Yes, Paul. There's a lot of clips from 2017 you can find on the Internet of uh, – the bang, bang sound, the garbage can or whatever it was in the, in the um, dugout. And there's one pitcher who actually notices it. And, uh, oh, yeah. Here, and he runs over to his catcher and they go, he's saying, they got they got us. We got to change it. And they change the sign. And the, the next p- pitch, the Astros missed the bang, bang for the off speed because they change their signs in the moment, not at the end of the inning or the end of the game. It makes sense that the Astros would say to themselves, hey, man, people are catching on to this bang, bang thing. We need something new, something more subtle. And whistling could be that. You hear whistling all the time, but if you know what to listen for, what to pick out, of course you would catch it. I don't think that you're going to stop doing it unless you all of a sudden you have this moment of a conscience and you go, you know, on second thought. You've already done it. Like, it's the same thing with, you know, steroids, performance-enhancing drugs. Like, it's working. You won the World Series, so you're going to go, you know, I, I feel dirty. But the year before winning the World Series, you weren't in the playoffs. So it did work. And maybe that's where you got to wearing a buzzer. 
Plus, how would they decide who gets to wear the buzzer? That's what I want to know. If if Altuve got it, let, let's say you're a guy who's not a great hitter. I, I need the buzzer. Buzzer worthy. Yeah. Like, why does Altuve get it, let's say? Why can't I get a buzzer? I can imagine me on the clubhouse. Why does he get the buzzer? Why can't I? Yes, Todd. As far as having a conscience, because it's a collective situation, if one or two of the guys are like, I don't think we should do this anymore, but the majority want to do it. I don't know how you can have a couple not do it. You're either all in or you're not. You're not a, a tennis player or a golfer where you can cheat or not cheat, and it just affects you. I don't know how you can go rogue and say, you guys do it. I'm not going to do that. Well, and, and Garrett Cole said he didn't know anything about it. Justin Verlander said, I should have done more. But what did you do? It sounds like you did less. You didn't do more. But walk me through. What what did you say? Because after the fact, it sounds like you soften this a little bit by saying, you know, I should have done more. Yeah, you should have, but you didn't. You're trying to tell me if Justin Verlander goes into that locker room and says, guys, this stops, and it stops now. I can't be a part of this. Let's let's win, but let's win legitimately. But we can't we can't be this. This isn't who we are. This isn't what I signed up for. Do you think they're going to go? Ah, screw Verlander. You know? Yeah. Fine. And you got to say, looking back, the journalists are saying, why didn't you speak up sooner? It's nice now after the fact to say I should have said something. But what do you think prevented you? And then he's forced to say, well, we were winning and they have a jet in the World Series. I know. I know. It, it's just it's tough. Yeah, McLevin. There's a, I, I seem to remember this. The Yankees got into a whistling. I was reading back. There was an argument in game one of the ALCS where both dugouts were screaming at each other. Yeah. And they basically stopped the game because of whistling. Yeah. And John Boy has all these whistlings on tape, but it's harder. He said it's – John Boy is a Twitter account who, um, who found a lot of the banging. Yeah. He, he said the whistling is harder to tell than the banging because everyone in the crowd is whistling too. But it's, well, this is not new, what Kurt Suzuki is saying. And, and this is going to come up. I mean, this will stay with certain players on the Astros. It'll stay with Altuve the rest of his career. And then if he has Hall of Fame numbers, uh, then that's going to come up as well. But th- this is going to stay with Altuve. Uh, I don't know anybody else who's an everyday lineup guy who would be up for the Hall of Fame, and then this might come back and haunt them, but Altuve. I was listening yesterday where people were uh, people in this business were saying this is worse than uh, uh, steroids, like what they're doing, stealing signs. And I, my point is, you're still stealing in a different way if if you're using steroids. I mean, you're you're stealing from the other team because you're using something illegal. Yeah, Paul. This would be like if a baseball team decided their entire roster is going to use steroids. And the trainers found a way to beat the drug test. That's what this is. Steroids were usually more probably of an individual choice or a couple guys on a team getting together. Imagine a training staff for a major league baseball team saying, "Hey guys, here's what you take, and when you go to urinate, here's what you get. You yeah. put in, and here's the way to beat the system." That's what this is. Well, this is what happened in the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. That was systemic, and I mean, I wouldn't allow him back in the Olympics ever again. But you know, they, they wanted to have Russia still be able to compete and allowed some of these people back in. If you look at that documentary, what what is it, Icarus? And how they went about trying to, like, steal urine samples because they knew they were going to test positive and, and replace them. 
like breaking into the room where the testing was going to take place. It was crazy. But what the Astros did, I don't think is just limited to, you know, banging a garbage can. It feels like it's a little bit more than that. And after a while, you're probably going to say, you know what? We may get busted this way. Or we're go- we, we got busted this way. Let's change what we're going to do because it worked. You're winning over 100 games. You're going to a World Series. Plural. Yes, you can. I was just listening to uh, a video from Game 5 of the World Series at highlighting the whistling. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. Can we grab the audio on that? Yeah, I'm going to send it to two. Okay. Yeah. It is, uh, or I could probably play it right off of here, but. All right. You want to try that? All right. So they give each one, like, they'll call it, like, a regular whistle or a charge whistle, right? So this is a charge whistle. You do it. You do have to listen. Uh, excuse me. This is a regular whistle. Okay. You have to listen closely, though. Okay. This is Game Five of the World Series. Yeah. Okay. He loves hitting here at Minimay. Did you hear it? Yep. It's like right at the very beginning. I'll go back. He loves hitting here at Minimay. Off speed pitch, probably. Now you have to listen for the the, the charge. That one. Okay. Listen for that. Okay. Oh. <laughs> is that a fastball? Uh, that's a home run, actually. Dan. Oh. <laughs> that, is. that whistle means this one's going out of the park. Yeah. No, Hear it I, again? I, I, yeah. There's, an, there's another pitch. Time run at the plate. Three, two, let's go. Gone. I, I think it, you know, it, it's that uh, the sound for the charge. I think it's I'm going to put a charge in this baseball is what it is here. I'm going to put a charge in this. So there's there's at least another I don't know, 90 seconds worth of just this one video. It took me two seconds to find it. But yeah. Uh, Ray Ray in Texas. Hey, Ray Ray. What do you have for me? Hey, Ray Ray. Ray. Thank you, Ray. Yes, Paul. I was going to say, if you listen to that audio that Seton played, and he just played it for us, and we had no context and didn't know what to listen for, you'd be like, well, there's a bunch of whistles. But if you know there's two choices of whistles, and you're sitting in the batter's box, and you're cued, and your ears are perked up for that, yeah. you it'd be easy to pick out on the field. Easy. Well, once you hear it, now you know what you're listening for. Then you go, oh, my God, it's right there in front of me. i got to hit the ball. Though. You know, I know. <laughs> I don't know if this is new evidence for the commissioner. I, I, I'm, I'm going to guess the commissioner is more than ready to move on from this. Certainly sounded like that from the Astros players' perspective. Hey, the commissioner investigated and he found uh, that found out that there was uh, no usage of buzzers. Well, you guys didn't say you didn't do it. The commissioner did not find any evidence of us using buzzers. I didn't say that. Yeah, you did. Yeah, McLevin. I feel like this is a Yahoo college football situation where the commit, of course, the commissioner is never going to find anything, but the media is going to yes. find something. Yeah, that's that's what, it, and that's where the commissioner's office runs the risk of being embarrassed. And then if that happens, now all of a sudden you're going to go, I, I'm going to really, I'm, I'm going to bring down the curtain on you here a little bit. I, it feels everybody knows the players know they're not being punished. That owner, okay, five million dollars in a couple of draft picks. You'll sign up for that any day. 
Hey, you guys got this scarlet letter attached to you. We're now the Houston Asterisk, but uh, and I got to pay five million dollars and we lose a couple of draft picks. Uh, all in favor for a World Series? Say aye. Aye. But I don't want to hear I should have done more. Verlander and Brian McCann are keepers of the flame here. Those guys always talk about the integrity of the game. Are you trying to tell me that those two guys couldn't stand up to how many guys in the everyday lineup and say, stop, this is embarrassing. We don't need this. I can't buy that. And, it, you know, Carlos Beltran steamrolled us. Did he? Like Carlos Beltran saying to Altuve and Bregman and everybody at Correa, I demand you guys do it. No, you stop. You're being wimps. Like, you're grown-ass men. Stop blaming one guy. And don't tell me you should have done more. Yeah, Todd. It's also a lot easier to accept remorse when an accident happens in life. When you're doing something over and over again intentionally, remorse goes flat. <laughs> Paul, you said it the other day. They were remorseful because they got caught because they did it for a long period of time, and they would continue to do that. If that's going to bring you World Series titles, why would you stop? That's the only remorse, getting caught. Yeah. Cheaters, you know, they'll continue to cheat. They're just bummed they got caught. It's not like they go, gosh, you know, on second thought, what were we doing? Yeah, but you can't say what you really think is like, I'm not sorry. We got a World Series. I got a big pay raise. I got a World Series bonus. I got a ring. I got uh, Verlander's going to the Hall of Fame, blah, 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 blah. All those things happen, and you can't take them back. Barry Bonds isn't sorry he cheated. Roger Clemens isn't sorry. No. Barry Bonds is immortal for multiple reasons, but Barry Bonds made three-quarters of his salary after he started taking the drugs. I know. I know. He's not sorry. So you cheat the game by artificially inflated numbers as well. Think of the salaries and how that impacted baseball, where all of a sudden, if I, if I hit that, I get this. Because you're going to compare me, my numbers, to somebody who played in the 50s or 60s. Or, hey, Mays only did this, or Mantle only did this, or Hank Aaron, and look at, look at what we're doing. I mean, these numbers skyrocketed. Look at the amount of money A-Rod made. On cheating. Right? Clemens. Clemens' career was over. Bonds, you know, he's making $20 million a year when he was with the Giants. Wonderful players. But, you know, if you said, hey, give the money back, and nobody will ever know anything about this, and uh, we'll judge you on your career as a Hall of Famer. They ain't giving that money back. Yeah, Paul. Barry Bonds made 150 of his $190 million after the year 2000. Yeah. And that was the year that he allegedly, based on reports, made that move. <laughs> it's a good business decision. If you can take, you know, people staring and whispering and your best friend goes to prison or your trainer goes to prison He for didn't you? get suspended for one game. He never got. No, I know. I, I hear this all the time from apologists. You know, hey, you still got to hit the baseball. Hey, you never tested positive. All right. You know, if you want to believe that, fine. I choose not to. Matt in South Carolina joins us. Hi, Matt. What do you have for me today? Hey, bud. How's it going? Hey, bud. 
I'm doing pretty good. So I uh, wanted to get some advice from you and the guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Last night, me and my fiance celebrated Valentine's to kind of beat the traffic of actual Valentine's Day. Okay. Nice reservation at a topless place, bottle of wine. Wait, is it a topless place? Topless. Oh, topless. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Topless. Okay. That's correct. Okay. Did the whole nine yards. Um, and then today I woke up and realized that today's actually Valentine's Day, and I got a feeling in the back of my mind that I'm still going to be expected to, I don't know, do something small. Um, not treat today like a normal Friday. Wait, wait, wait. But you you know, you knew today was Valentine's Day, but you said you beat the rush to celebrate Valentine's Day yesterday. So it sounds like you're on my side. So am I green card to go ahead and crush beers with the boys like I do on every Friday? Does she know that last night was a Valentine's Day celebration? Uh, I think, but I also think she infers things a lot of times and expects other things. Well, you can't go out with the boys. Oh, come on. No, you can't. I'll hang up and listen. Okay. All right. Thank you, Matt. Yes, Seaton. That dude is out of his mind. <laughs> Where he he's like, you go, did she know that last night was Valentine's Day? He goes, I think so. So can I go crush beers tonight? <laughs> you are out, out of your mind. The yeah. good news is this will be your last Valentine's Day with her. <laughs> my wife doesn't even know my middle name, but she knows when Valentine's Day is. So do most other adults. Yeah. You know, you got to still do a card or some flowers or something. It's probably already too late because she already didn't wake up to cards and flowers. Yeah. I got out of the house early. That's your move? Yes. Yeah. And then didn't want to wake you. Dot, dot, Yeah. Dot. Happy Valentine's Day. Exactly. Yeah. Out the door. Hey, fed the pets. Got out. The, you know, didn't want to wake you. Love you. Happy Valentine's Day. Anybody do anything magical today? Magical. Yeah. Magical is an interesting word. Okay. If you stop with anything. Okay, I, anything. <laughs> Did anybody do anything today? Yes, Paul. I had flowers waiting downstairs when she came down from getting ready for work. Okay. Solid bouquet of flowers. Todd? I brought home roses yesterday because in case whatever she was expecting today, I thought I would do it a day sooner mm. to, to, uh, to surprise her and just get a 24-hour jump on them. Okay. But you know today's Valentine's Day. I do know today's Valentine's Day. We're going to still go out to dinner. You don't want to be like Matt, South Carolina. I may or may not have a nice Carvel ice cream cake in the freezer. Hopefully she's not listening. That's, That's for you. I love That's your romance. romance. Ice cream cake. Uh, nothing, Carvel ice cream nothing cake. Nothing says romance. I'm going to go to dinner also. Is your wife nine? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with a little five guys and a little ice cream cake? Uh, i got to buy like a fur coat and a big diamond. What about you, McLovin? Okay. I'm a, uh, no, I did something. I just hope you guys think this is cool. So I got a card. Okay. So I'm already good. Mm-hmm. I got a gift card. Is that a... Wait, was it a card or a gift card? It's a well. I got a card and put a gift card inside it to her favorite clothing store. Okay, so a piece of plastic you gave her. Yeah, that's tough, man. I'm your boy and all, but I can't roll with you. I like to just buy something and say I'm okay if you return it. <laughs> You're like, hey, I thought that you would like this, but if you don't, it's okay. You can return it. You don't have to keep it, but I just wanted to get you something because I thought you would like this. Yeah, that's a good move. Yeah, Paul. I think Seton's right. The gift Seton gives gives thought. If it's wrong, the thought is still there, yeah. and she can return it for yeah. the, the shirt she wants. Yeah. Right. 
Sort of preempted. Yes, by, by the way, clear that she does not want me. Because <laughs> then she has to worry about it not getting ripped. She, she knows she's going to return it. She knows yeah. that she's just like, I'm not dealing with the return. I'd rather have a card. Oh, my God. You didn't keep yeah. the yeah, Paul. Guys, don't fall for the bit where the wife or girlfriend says, I don't really want anything special or do anything special for Valentine's Day. That is the biggest setup yes, it in, is. in female history. Yes. And we sometimes fall for yes. it. And then there's the aftershock. Yep. You never go wrong if you do more than you're supposed to, right? It's like, what's the worst-case scenario if you show up early for an airplane flight? Right. Like, what's the worst-case scenario? That, uh, you know, if you show up late, there is a worst-case scenario. So just do a, a little extra. Seaton, you're good? Yes. That's my PSA. Public service announcement, no charge whatsoever. 1-800-Flowers. Let's take a break on that romantic note here. <laughs> Love advice from us. Who's the best husband here? Ooh, poll question. Well, poll question. <laughs> a follow-up to who's the best dad. The controversial, who's oh, the best dad here? Yeah. Who did win best dad? McLovin, you did? Yeah, you graciously declared me that for no reason. Oh. <laughs> you made everyone in the front row pretty mad. Well, well I, I knew I, I, I was. myself out. Actually, I was just like, yeah, I'll just say, no, I'm not a good dad. Because <laughs> I just like, I, uh, yeah, I, and as competitive as Paulie is, yeah, it's like, why, why is McLovin the best dad? Competitive parenting, exactly, <laughs> which is a thing these days. I almost had another kid this year just to prove I was a better Whoa! dad. Whoa! Uh, all right, let, let me take a break here. We'll come back, and uh, I want to get this Miles Garrett story. Take a break here on the Dan Patrick Show. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. Golden Knights television. Golden Knights television. The Golden Knights win 6-5 on an overtime goal to beat the defending champion, St. Louis Blues. Discover NHL play of the day. Discover credit card. Man, this is great. Accepted in over 95% of places in the United States that take credit cards. Learn more. Discover.com slash yes. Uh, limitations to apply. All righty. Uh, Johnny Bench, Hall of Famer, going to join us uh, top of the hour. Talk about the Astros cheating scandal. Pascal Siakam of the uh, Raptors, my Raptors, will join us coming up as well. Saw the... Uh, a clip of Mina Kimes' interview with Miles Garrett, Cleveland Browns defensive lineman. He reiterates the racial slur claim against Mason Rudolph here. So he um, says that during that melee back in November that Mason Rudolph used a racial slur. And uh, here is a portion of that interview with Mina Kimes and Miles Garrett. I mean, I'm coming off the edge, probably like 10, but there's less than 15 seconds. I remember that. And I... Uh, I didn't want to be on the field, but you know, since I was already out there, I was, and uh, they were still throwing the ball, decided I was going to go make a play. 
So he throws the ball. He's he's winding back to throw. I'm going, you know, to hit him in the strike zone. I'm not trying to do anything illegal. I should go to take him down. He says some words as we're going down. What did he say to you? Uh, I mean, he called me the N-word. He called me a stupid N-word. Uh, I don't like I don't say the N-word, whether it's you know, with A, E, R. To me, personally, just shouldn't be said. All right, uh, got one other clip here with uh, Mina Kimes asking uh, Miles Garrett. And Miles Garrett said that he's not using this as a crutch for why he acted the way he did against Mason Rudolph. I didn't want to try to use it as justification for my actions because there's nothing to justify. Like, there's there's nothing that I can say or do to justify what I did on that day. I'm not saying there's nothing to justify it, and I didn't do anything wrong. And uh, I know what I you know what happened. I know what I heard. And uh, you know, people say things, you know, when they're heated or they're full of emotion. And you know, I leave it on the field. He said it, but you know, that was three months ago, four months ago. Now I leave that behind. Well, he's not leaving it behind because if he chose to, he could have said to me many times in ESPN, I'll do an interview, but I don't want to talk about that. Or no interview. So he does want to talk about it. Mason Rudolph has had no response as of yet, but, you know, this has only come out in the last uh, 24 hours. But if I'm, if I'm Mason Rudolph and I didn't say this, then I say, hey, hook me up to a lie detector test, whatever you – how is it that something said on a football field is not picked up by the, all those microphones that they have? And I don't know if they're in a pile or it happened, you know, outside – you know, as they're face-to-face. This is the one thing that I wondered. And maybe both are correct. If you've ever seen the Pouncey brothers when they work out, there was that video with Richie Incognito, and they used the N-word all the time. And Marquise Pouncey was suspended two games for his role in this. Is it possible Marquise Pouncey could have called Miles Garrett that? Is it possible? It would explain a lot here, but I, I don't know that. Um and, and I'm not picking sides here. First of all, even if that's said to Miles Garrett in the moment, there's a lot of horrible things that are said on a football field. That doesn't give you justification to do that. You might be angry. There's a lot of things that have been said during a football game that are far worse than what was said or allegedly said there. It just is. Um, and, and this is coming from Tony Dungy. So it's not like, hey, how do you know about how you'd feel with the N-word? I'm paraphrasing here with Tony Dungeon, because Tony says, no matter what is said, there's no justification for that. In fact, to be fair to the situation, uh, this is from Mike Florio's column, and uh, Tony Dungy said, in the immediate aftermath of Garrett's claim of a racial slur coming to light, if we're in the bottom of the pile and Mason Rudolph is knee, kneeing you in the groin, he's trying to poke your eyes out or twisting your knees, something like that, then it's going to affect your ability to do your work uh, and your career. Then, yeah, you go off. But you can't go off because somebody said something to you. All kinds of things get said out there on the field. There's four-letter words. In this case, it may have been a six-letter word, a multi-syllable word. All of that happens. I can't go off and jeopardize my team's chances to go to the playoffs. My career, my ability to make money because somebody called me a name. I don't care what name he said, that is not an excuse to me.
That's Tony Dungy's words. Just so we separate those comments. Final hour coming up. Johnny Bench will join us. What's he make of the Astros cheating scandal? Also, Spicy P. Yes, uh, Pascal Siakam, the Raptors forward, will join us as well. Busy final hour on this Traeger Meat Friday. We'll try to throw a couple of Traeger Meat Friday songs in as well. Back after this. Podcast One has some exciting news. It's official. Our shows are now available on Spotify. And it's free. We want to make it super easy for you and your friends to listen to our podcasts. And joining Spotify allows us to be in even more places for fans to find us. If you're already listening to music on Spotify, you can now listen to our podcasts in the same place. If you're not on Spotify yet, all you have to do is download the free app. That's right. No credit card necessary. And simply search for our shows to start listening. 